class. So, uh, today's Musar class is on decisiveness. It Musar, a lesson on decisiveness. Another one to get your toes stomped on. It's uh, the Hebrew word for it's charizuts. It's H-A-R or C-H-A-R, depends on how you pronounce it. I-R-I-T-Z-U-S. So I'm going to read you the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the proper definition, and then we'll have, go into the discussion. Uh, all of the acts should be preceded by deliberation, when you have reached a decision, act without hesitation. The midah, or the character trait, is one which helps us in our daily walk by empowering us to accomplish things through direct action daily. We must not do anything half-heartedly. We must do it it wholeheartedly. We've heard the term that we should run to do a mitzvah. Have you heard this? When you see that there's an opportunity, run to do a righteous act. Um, I was quite, um, you know, I, I don't know. I felt just felt good that our appeal that we made, uh, people are responding to it. You know, to Rob Greenbaum's uh situation and you know you're always concerned when you're trying to raise money for someone that the funds are going to be there for them and it looks like that they are but this is what I love about tour observant people is they run to do a mitzvah and I've noticed some people have shared it on their Facebook page and that's helped the Hashban Hanafesh opens his discussion of this this concept of decisive by contrasting the human condition of that of a bird. If a bird is caught in a trap once or twice, it will reflectively avoid things that look like traps. Even some fish do the same thing. Do fishing, some fish will get smart enough to not go for that particular lure or bait. There is no conscious decision process for the bird. It's just innately built in. Everything sort of uh, Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog deal where he con- you condition them to do a certain thing. A dog, he continues, operates similarly. A dog is capable of more com- complicated, a destructive thought. However, it is still driven by a stimulus response with no uh, free will between them. Think of animals, how they react and act. They just have an animal instinct. And that's how they react. Some animals are conditioned by their owners to be very uh, affectionate and fun-loving to be around. And some animals are very violent and mean. But it's not because it's, it's within their DNA or character. It's that they're trained that way. Um, it is still driven by a, a stimulus response. Like we said, animals don't have a free will, but human beings are unique that we have the ability to rise above sort of this conditioned response. Now, we can train ourselves to be uh, 
be prepared to make a more decisive decision based on conditioning. I'll give you some examples. Um, in the in the military, you know, they used to. They don't do it now, but they do it in many other ways. Your whole day is so absolutely regimented. You know, you get up, you shine your shoes, you, your bed's made up a certain way, inspections, a whole nine yards. But it's that attention to detail and that programming that causes a, a person to condition themselves to then look for the details in life, right? To be more detail-oriented. And that's why people who come out of the military who's had a pretty good career in the military are good people to hire because they're dependable. Uh, they, they will pay attention to the job. Uh, they don't have to be told what to do. Once you tell them, they'll get it done. Now, un- unlike animals, uh, we not only have the ability to sort of train ourselves and have muscle memory, uh, but we also have this innate ability or desire to accomplish something, which is huge. Uh, We may have animal nature since we live within primate bodies. We talked about in Genesis, Bereshit, where sort of primordial man is made and then Adam with a godly soul is made. But we're not limited to that. We can make... uh, purposeful decisions. We are free-willed human beings. Are free, uh, we have a free, uh, I'd say free will, but a, a free choice. Free will, Just there's some things that's problematic to me. I, I, you guys understand that? Because I can't will to fly. Okay, But free choice. The key to being fully human then is to be able to concentrate on that decision-making ability and to focus on what we're going to do, uh, what we're going to do in the world, rather than what the world is going to do to us, we can either be in a reactive mode or an active mode. And many of us, I would say that most human beings uh, define their lives by being in a very reactive mode, meaning they're waiting for something to happen to them before they they respond to it. Right? Uh, I was listening to uh, two comedians, Jerry Seinfeld and another comedian, uh, talking about their success in the field of comedy. And one of them said, well, I think a lot of it has to do with with uh, good luck. And Jerry Seinfeld said, no, it has nothing to do with good luck. It's a, hard, a lot of hard work. And you have to perfect your craft. And he says, I think the problem with a lot of people is they are expecting for someone to show up and pick them. They think they're funny, right? They may be funny, but they're waiting for the world, they're waiting for the universe to pick them out and say, hey, you're great, instead of going out there and beating the bushes and working hard and barely uh, you know, eating to, to work the comedy circuit. He said those people are waiting for something big to happen. It never happens. And... In life, people succeed because you work hard and you're decisive. You make a decision and you go with it. We don't want an indecisive doctor to work on us. We don't want an indecisive uh, police officer or firefighter to show up on your scene and go, hey, I'm not really sure what we're going to do here. That would be very disconcerting and very disturbing. Though there are some jobs out there that require an extreme amount of decisiveness, our decisiveness today is a spiritual trait 
that has to do with us being able to serve the Creator. The art of utilizing one's image of God is important uh, as a creative being. That we must be decisive in how we serve God. Uh, there is a there are four things that I would like to focus on. That what I would clearly say uh, interfere with our ability to be decisive. I think most of us know you got to make up your mind. Um, I wish life could be to where you could throw it up in the air and God would tell you what to do. Wouldn't that be nice? Just help me do what I'm supposed to do. But I've learned quite early, and I think most of you in the same way, God gave you a brain. And He gave us Torah, so we have a, a good framework to know within the boundaries of what our moral decisions and godly decisions are to be made. But the rest is free choice. You have the ability to make a decision and even make a decision that's a bad decision. But their decision, be decisive. I've always often said in supervising people, I would prefer them be decisive, make a decision and do something that we have to correct than someone who doesn't do anything, who can't get off center and make a decision on something. Decisiveness is a very important. Number one, not having clear priorities. What are your priorities? Most decisions are difficult because they involve conflicting goals. Different choices would implement different things, each of which are desirable. We force to to rank our outcomes to know which would would actually what we would actually prefer. But this is only possible if we have a clear sense of priorities. This has to do with anything in life. If you have a good sense of priorities, what do you, what what is what is your end goal? What are you wanting to achieve? And we have to be able to think critically and logically in this process and to say, okay, if, if this is my end goal, then how, I'm go- how am I going to accomplish it and how am I going to be decisive enough to make it happen? Now, this in turn has two parts. So the first thing that we have is not having clear priorities has two parts. A, internalizing the right values. We can learn what our priorities are supposed to be by learning the Torah. But to realize, internalize them, one needs to learn to be passionate about their study of Torah and their knowledge of God. The reason why I'm focusing on this and not any other pursuit, business, success, all these things can be applied to success, right? You've got to know your subject matter. You you, you do daycare. You've got to know the subject matter. You've got to... You guys are required to do in-service schooling every year, right? You've got to know your job. It's important to have your priorities together to know that job. But for all intents and purposes, today's class is about understanding it for our, to our as our service to a show. Number two, or part B of, of this idea of not having clear priorities is knowing one's role. What is your role? What is your role in the world? What is your role uh, according to the values that God has set out for us in the Torah? Not all of us have the same uh, roles in the world. The Jew has a different role than the non-Jew. The Kohen has a different role than the rest of the Jewish people. What is your role? What What role do you play? 
Each person brings a different skill and a different skill set. So therefore, your priorities are not going to be my priorities. My priorities are not going to be your priorities. And at the same time, we have to ask ourselves, what is our life? What is our life priorities? What are we wanting to achieve in life? Some of us are getting a little older. And so we're thinking about how many years you have left and what are you doing with those years and what is it going to be like? And, you know, how can I have a happy life with my my spouse and my children, et cetera, et cetera. Those are really important priorities. Musar and self-help overlap in, in addressing this issue. It's sort of, you know, the psychology and Musar mixed together. I suggest the following distinction, though. One presumes that the person is his own best guidepost. Therefore, the unwanted in one's life is certainly appropriate to eliminate. The other is based on the idea that the Torah describes for us an absolute objective morality that we should follow. I am not under the the uh, the uh, opinion that we should have any other guidepost but the Torah. Right? This is not relativism. We're not going to pull psychology into this whole thing. What's good for you is good for you. Good for me is. There, there is a moral, moral uh, uh, absolute in this whole other thing. Um, it is our job to study the, the terrain that the Torah gives us, the maps that the Torah gives us. It's important us to have a framework. There is a, a, a guy by the name of Stephen Covey. I don't know if you guys remember Stephen Covey. He's a big success guy back in the 90s. I, maybe he still is. I don't know. Yeah, highly effective person. Here's, here's a quote. He says, I therefore think it is appropriate to suggest an exercise uh, and that he says, uh, point out that we choose actions based on our goals. Therefore, we should begin with the end in mind. Right? Not begin with the beginning. Yeah, the end is in the beginning. I would, I would, I would s- submit that the the Creator, blessed be He, created, brought creation based on the ending, not the beginning. Why? Because we understand that the end is foretold in the beginning, and we can see this in the cycle of Torah as we teach. Everything we do should be measured in the terms of what role a role in, in, in plays at least in, in one of these goals. We, we've constantly got to think about what's the end game? What are we really trying to accomplish? In order to be Musar, one needs to work within the greater structure of the Torah, knowing what you can accomplish, what role you see yourself filling within the Torah's more general mission. All the time in my previous life, people would say, uh, what do you think my my calling is, right? You've heard that one. What's, what, what does God want me to do? Well, I hate to say it. It's You need to study the Torah and realize that there's a general idea, and that is to live a moral, in-tune life of, of goodness and, and charity amongst people. But the rest is up to you. You make the choice what you want to do. If you want to, If you want to work hard and be a multimillionaire, then work hard and do that. If that's not a priority for you, then do what's a priority for you. It's all right. Now, we had number one. What was number one in this uh, deal was not having clear priorities. 
And then we had A and B. Now, number two, another thing that 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 is a um, what do you call it a an inhibitor to us having decisiveness is uncertainty in one's motivations. Uncertainty in our motivations. Everything we do, we do for a mixture of motives. We remember looking in Rabbi Moshe Hamazato's material that he says, uh, even even a motive of giving charity, what, why do you give it, right? And we've asked ourselves, well, what motive did I give it? Did I give it because I wanted people to know that I gave it? Did I give it so that this person can know that I'm a charitable person? Or just, did I just give it? It doesn't, doesn't matter. There was a need there, right? We all have these motivations. But we also have to understand that uh, not having the proper motivation can cause us to not be very de- divisive, deci- decisive in the way we make our decisions. Um, because of this, we never really know if we're really acting for the proper motives or because of our ass- assessment of what is right is colored by arterial uh, motives. That's, that, this, this is why keeping Cheshban uh, Hanafesh uh, is critical. With it, we get practice in watching ourselves and learn to see the patterns of our behavior. Uh, so we ask ourselves, what, what, are mo- what, what are our motivation in life? What really motivates us? And what that which motivates you and that which you love is going to help you be decisive. Does it make sense? If you love something, you're going to be decisive about it. If you don't like it, I didn't like school when I was in high school. I wasn't very decisive about my homework. Right? So decisiveness also comes uh, to have and develop good decisiveness as a as a Musa, a good character trait, then you have to fall in love with what you're trying to accomplish. If you can't fall in love with it, you'll never be decisive. Number three, uh, having doubt about the proper approach or tactic. Having doubt about your abilities to be able to accomplish what you're going to do. This is a real problem. We often know what we need to do, but we're not really sure how to do it. And it's really important for us to understand that there is a method to the madness in the world that we live. This is why it's important. Life is like a game of backgammon. More than a game of chess. Even with perfect knowledge and strategy, we can only maximize our odds of success, not guarantee it. Sometimes man tries, as we heard, and God laughs. Right? We do our part, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. The best laid plans of men and mice is what we hear. Whatever we can do, even with no real decision to be made, we can only try our best, and then we have to rely on Hashem to do the rest. So if if fear of making a bad decision is keeping you from being decisive, understand it's all right to make a mistake. Right? It's all right to make a mistake. I think every one of us in this room, if there's ever been a time that we've not been very decisive, it's because we were afraid that we were going to make a mistake. That we were going to fail at the task at some level. And sometimes it's better just to headlong go into it and start it and see where you're going to go. Number four, the last one of the distractions, 
is, <laughs> I like this, uh, getting distracted by the shiny objects. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Somebody, I, I remember somebody putting on Facebook something about their their ADHD and the way they wrote it. It was so hilarious because it was like, I have ADHD. Hey, look at that squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they went off. And she said, where? Um, how do we avoid getting distracted by the shiny things? Now, what do I mean by shiny things? Shiny things are things that pop up in the process that get your attention off to one side or the other, right? Oh, maybe maybe I should have done this. Or, you know, maybe if I'd have done it that way, this wouldn't have happened. And you can get distracted and get blown off course. Well, one of the suggestions is to develop uh, a stubbornness, right? Uh, get a focus and a stubbornness. And I'm not talking about like a mule, like, a, you know, you've got an attitude, but it's like you're hit, you know where you're going. You're not going to get distracted by the little things that pop up here and there that get you distracted. One of the hardest things, I think, in managing a large organization that I have in the past done is everybody has an opinion, right? You'll have a staff of, I don't know, 20 people. Everybody has an opinion on how things should be done. It's probably like that with a small staff in an office, I, I would assume. But everybody that you have hired all have an opinion on how you should do the job. Now, obviously, it's good to listen to your help. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you, you have to stay focused, almost stubbornly stay focused on, on your task. If not, these people will be constantly coming up like, hey, look at this. What about doing it this way? What about doing it this way? Oh, I don't think that's going to work. And the whole point is you have to ultimately make the decision. And I think oftentimes our, our, our evil inclination, our inclination, often presents shiny objects to us that are just there to throw us off track. It's very important to do that. We need to be stubborn enough to bring the process of second-guessing a decision close, the, the, um, close to the point of making a decision. The point Rob Dressler describes as the battlefront uh, where conscious decisions are made, then we know we change our minds for solid, rational reasons rather than a response to a new stimulus, right? Make sure it's a rational decision. Give me a good logical reason why this isn't going to work, and then let's work on that. But just coming up and telling me that it, it doesn't feel right is not, is, is not a proper way of dealing with this. Right. A- absolutely. I mean, and... You know, if you've, like I said, if you've worked in a job where you require a staff to come together and to put their heads together for a decision-making process, you'll have shiny objects all through the conversation. You'll go down bunny trails. There are some people who have no capability of task-oriented thinking, and they're constantly getting you to go down these trails. And you have to constantly bring it back uh, to to keep things uh, keep things focused. So. How does one fulfill their p- potential to fully be a, a free choice creative being? In short, know your priorities, know your capabilities, know yourself. Have confidence in your creator and, and, and also in the process. 
we've all talked about that life's a journey, right? It's it's not the end game. Life is a journey. It's just a process. And life requires us to make some really tough decisions sometimes and be decisive. But we can't be hindered by indecisiveness. We have to be able to make the proper decisions. But if you're serving Hashem and you're studying Torah, you know the moral guidelines, you understand what your priorities, you understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, there's no reason why you can't make that decision. A famous uh, quote by Rav Yehuda bin Taima said, Be as bold as a tiger and light as an eagle. Sounds like uh, Muhammad Ali. And run like a deer and mighty like a lion to do the will of your Father in heaven. Havos 5.4. I'm going to read it again. Be as bold as a tiger, light as an eagle, run like a deer, mighty as a lion to do the will of your Father in heaven. The Mishnah is so central to our service that it is quoted as the first halakha in Shulchan Aruch. The boldness of a tiger is necessary to overcome our doubts uh, about uh, about outcome. An eagle seems sees its destination well in advance. He has the satellite view. It knows its goal and rapidly proceeds to them. As a heart longs for the stream of water, so does my soul pant after you, O God, King David, and Tehillim 42.2. Unlike the swiftness of an eagle which can see where it's going and it's passing through empty skies, the deer stays on course because nothing it passes can distract it from its longing. Last, the lion is mighty, a gibor. Who is a gibor? One who conquers his inclination. Many people have said that that Ari Fool, Fool, Fool was uh, a Gibor, one who conquered his inclination. Benzoma 4.1 uh, says, From the lion one learns to master, master misdirection from his ulterior uh, mo- motives. Where then is humanity? In the need for us to choose and learn these natures, in the animal kingdom, the animals simply the way God made them, we can learn from their example to make ourselves a better person by being decisive in this world. Decisiveness will bring great success to those people who can develop decisiveness. And may Hashem give you the ability to make bold choices in very difficult times. That concludes this sure on decisiveness.